0: Good morning, and welcome to Cameron United Methodist Church. Um, I am Dan Brown. I'm the pastor here, and I want to welcome you from wherever you may be gathered, whether you're at home, um, especially want to welcome those who are here for the first time uh, via um, internet, and I just want to encourage you uh, to um, give a shout-out to folks so that we know that you're joining us. Um, If you get a chance, uh, go to our website and... uh, Uh, click on um, either myself or Kobe, send us an email uh, just to let us know that you are uh, participating this morning. Um, If you um, are here today, uh, some of you may have heard uh, that there is this crazy pastor at the Cameron United Methodist Church who is doing a sermon series on faith and politics. You're in the right place. Um, And so um, I hope that you will stay tuned and I'll just... uh, um, invite you. This is a, uh, actually, it's a hard sermon series to do when there's fewer folks here because it's kind of hard to judge um, just how hard I've stepped on your toes. Uh, so uh, please don't tune out if I step on your toes. I'm hoping that by the end of the day, I haven't missed anybody's. <laughs> Fair enough? Fair enough. Let us join together this morning um, gathering in expectation and anticipation uh, of experiencing the presence of Christ afresh and anew. Let us come with the expectation that the Spirit will speak to us, uh, will uh, touch us in the deepest depths of our being, and will continue to shape us and to transform us so that we might truly be people who live and love like Jesus and make a difference in the lives of other people. Let us uh, worship this morning as the choir leads us in music. Yeah. In the Jewish tradition, um, each morning uh, they got up. This would have been happening during the time of Jesus. They got up and they prayed a prayer called the Shema. It goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Now, the word hear or listen in this does not simply mean um, to, to hear with your ears, but it means to comprehend and to act upon. And so this is a prayer that every morning and evening that Jewish folks prayed. And so I am going to invite us today uh, to pray what uh, some folks call the Shema of Jesus. It actually comes from Mark 12, 29 through 31. And uh, I'm going to invite us, uh, I'm going to invite you to join with me, repeating after me. And, um, and then I'm going to invite us to pray this prayer um, in the mornings and in the evenings of each day this week. And so, um, I think I'm going to invite the um, the band to, uh, to lead the response. But uh, I invite you to be in um, attitude of prayer as we offer up this prayer. Hear, O people of God. Repeat after me, band, please. Let's try this again. I should make this clear. All right. Hear, O people of God.
1: Hear, O people of God.
0: The Lord our God. The,
1: the Lord our God.
0: The Lord is one.
1: The Lord is Love one.
0: Love the Lord your God.
1: Love the Lord your God
0: with all your heart. With
1: all your heart.
0: And with all your soul. And with all your soul. And with all your, and with all your mind. And with, and with all your mind. And with all your strength. And with all your strength. The second command is this.
2: The second command, command is this.
0: Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor, neighbor as ourself. yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. There, there is no, no commandment greater, greater than, than these. these. Let this be our prayer each day and each morning of this week. Amen. Let this
2: be our prayer. Oh, don't repeat that. No, you don't need to
0: repeat that.
1: <laughs> we need words to follow. Sorry. I <laughs> gotta have something on this. We should have <laughs> <laughs>
2: we play now?
0: You are done. Okay.
2: Right. Um, I just wanted to give a reminder real quick, though, that um, uh, a lot of times we collect food for the food pantry here in Cameron. And um, we was talking about uh, maybe just doing a more focused approach at, at the food we collect. Um, of course, if there's anything you want to donate to the food pantry, they're, they're not going to reject you know, whatever you would like to donate. But we thought, what if we just put a focused approach on just breakfast cereal? We know a lot of times... They need breakfast cereal. That's one of the things they seem to always be out of. And so we thought, well, what if we just focus on that? And I was kind of looking at some of the numbers of of what they need on a monthly basis. And basically, if if all of our families would just uh, bring two boxes a month, so that your household, if you would bring two boxes a month, we could easily cover all the families that they're giving uh, food to on a monthly basis. So that's not that much, really. When we break it all down, you know, if you throw a big number out, oh, it's going to take this many boxes, that seems a little overwhelming. But if we really break these things down and we see two boxes a month isn't that much. Now, some, for, for some folks, maybe it is. And if that's a stretch for you, then, then don't worry about it. Don't feel like you're, you know, you've got to really stretch yourself if, if you're in a financial pinch. Don't worry that you've got to be a part of this necessarily. But for a lot of us, two boxes maybe is something we can easily do. And when we break down just that little bit, it just takes me doing that little bit to make a huge difference. And I think that's kind of what the church is all about. If we all just do a little bit as a church, we make a huge, huge difference. It shouldn't be on any one of us to do it all. It should be on all of us collectively to do a little bit each day. So. So that's something we're doing. If, uh, if you're able to grab a couple boxes sometime during this month, just drop them off here at the office, and uh, we'll make sure those get to the food pantry. Thank you. to us this morning as we worship and come to you in your name. Amen.
0: I want to read the passage from uh, James that I read last week, and I think I may read this um, every Sunday that we are talking about faith and politics because I think it's a good place for us to begin. It comes from James uh, chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. Know this, my dear brothers and sisters, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. This is because an angry person doesn't produce God's righteousness. Therefore, with humility, set aside all moral filth and the growth of wickedness and welcome the word planted deep inside of you, the very word that is able to save you. Hear these words this day and every uh, Sunday as we read them. And I hope that uh, you will uh, read, those, uh, read that passage along with the prayer that uh, you've been invited to uh, uh, pray. The, uh, I, I love this passage of Scripture. It reminds us to be quick to listen. In other words, uh, to be sure that we hear and understand what other people are saying and where they are coming from. Uh, but uh, I think sometimes when we hear this passage, um, we, it, it says, be slow to speak. It's, it does not say, do not speak. And it definitely says, be slow to anger. Now, I got to tell you, as I have been struggling with the events uh, uh, of the last few weeks, uh, and with this uh, message, I have this internal struggle within me. How much um, needs to be confronted And how much needs to be in silence? Uh, How much more do I need to listen before I speak? Um, It is this internal struggle that that I have, because I remember the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer who said, uh, simply to remain silent is to speak. Simply to take no action is to take action. And so there are some things upon which after we have listened, after we have discerned, after we have reflected, it is time to speak truth into the situation in which we find ourselves. And so uh, that is my goal today. Um, now, as I share these words, I, I want to um, I, I wanna, um, set some rules, if that's okay. Uh, number one, if you're listening to this message Um, You are not allowed to share this message with anybody who you think needs to hear it. You do not have permission to do that. You do not have permission to quote me because you think somebody else needs to hear what I say this day. Now, it is okay to share it with people if you say, man... This really spoke to me, Uh, this made me stop and think, and, and you might want to hear this to reflect. In other words, it's okay to share this with people you know who think like you. Do not share it with people who don't think like you because you think that I am speaking to them. Is that clear? So in other words, if you come away from today and you think that I was speaking to them, you're wrong. If you come away from today thinking that um, I am speaking to you and me, you are correct. And I hope that as you hear these words, uh, you hear these words as not just coming from me, but we hear these as words of wisdom that come from God and from His Spirit in this day and in this time. As I read and and sought to listen and discern and take in as much information as I could uh, uh, this week... Um, about the events of January 6th, which, uh, you know, is epiphany. I I just struggle with the reality that forever, when I think of epiphany, the, the vision of what happened on January 6th will be in my mind. And yet, maybe it needs to be. I have heard... Um, pastors, and, and, and even, I think I have probably said this myself, um, in, in hoping to bring people together, in looking at this. And, and I do believe that most people, seeing the events of not just January 6th, but seeing the events of, uh, of this whole crazy COVID year, that, that people want to come together. Uh, but what I keep hearing um, from some folks and I am sure I have said this myself, is this is not who we are. This is not who we are. In fact, uh, um, Adam Hamilton got a group of uh, of both Republicans and Democrats together from his congregation. He sat down, he listened to them, and, and he felt so much better after he heard them because he heard over and over again that they were saying, this is not who we are. I do believe this is not who we want to be. But I'm afraid we need to face reality. This is who we are. This is who we have become. Let us not fool ourselves. Because if we continue to say that the events that have happened is not who we are, if we do not own them, then we will never be able to move forward. This is who we are. But I got good news for you. Um... We aren't the only ones who found ourselves in this spot. Does that make you feel a little bit better? In fact, I can go all the way back to 1 Samuel chapter 8. I don't know if you remember this story, but but Samuel had been the prophet and the leader of the people. And um, uh, Samuel was getting old, and the people didn't care for his sons too much. And so they go to Samuel, and they say to Samuel, "Uh, Samuel, give us a king. Give us a king to judge us. Give us a king so we can be like everyone else. And Samuel goes, uh, this isn't a good idea, folks. Um, and he goes to God, and this is God's answer. Uh, found in 1 Samuel um, chapter 8, verse 7. The Lord answered Samuel, and he said, comply with the people's request. Everything they ask for... Um, I'm sorry, let's try this again. Comply with the people's request. Everything they ask for of you, comply with it. Because they haven't rejected you. No, they've rejected me as king over them. They are doing to you only what they've been doing to me from the day I brought them out of Egypt to, the very, to this very minute, abandoning me and worshiping other gods. So comply with their request. But give them this clear warning, telling them how the king will rule over them and operate. And so Samuel explained everything that the Lord had said to, uh, said to him. He explained it to the people, and he said, "This is how the king will rule over you and operate. He will take your sons, and he will use them for his chariots and his cavalry and the runners for his chariots. He will use them as his commanders of troops of 1,000 troops and 50." Or to do the plowing of his harvesting or to make his weapons uh, or parts of his chariot. He will take your daughters to be per- perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take your best fields, vineyards, olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will give one-tenth of your grain in your vineyards to his officials and servants. He will take your male and female servants along with the best of your cattle and donkeys and make them do his work. He will take one-tenth of your flocks. And then you yourselves will become slaves. When the day comes, you will cry out because the king you chose for yourself. But on that day, the Lord won't answer you. But the people refused to listen. No, there must be a king over us so we can be like the other nations a king who will judge us and a king who will fight our battles. They got what they wished for, they got a king. They got many kings. The majority of those kings of the northern and the southern kingdom, uh, they were kings who did exactly as God told them they would do. They took advantage. They manipulated them. uh, They they led them to worship something other than God. Now, there were a few good kings, and and we read about those in Scripture. And, And so, you see, this has been going on forever. But these are the kinds of things in in Romans chapter 1, Paul says, um, he's talking to uh, folks and basically uh, saying that we have turned away from God and beginning in uh, verse um, 28, he says these words. Since they didn't think it was worthwhile to acknowledge God, God abandoned them to a defective mind and to inappropriate things. So they were filled with injustice, wicked behavior, greed, and evil behavior. They were full of jealousy, murder, fighting, deception, and malice. They slander people, they hate God. They are rude and proud, and they brag. They invent ways to be evil, and they, and they are disobedient to their parents. They are without understanding, disloyal, without affection. Though they know God's decisions, that, that those who are persistent in such practices deserve death, they not only keep doing these things, but they approve, also approve others who practice them. I could also read from Galatians chapter five, where it talks about uh, the fruits of the spirit, and, and it talks about uh, the fruits of, of not following God, the fruit of following idols, it, it is that we are uh, become a divisive people. We become a people who are filled with anger and fighting and obsession and malice and group rivalry and slander and selfishness. Does that sound too familiar to us today? does it not sound too much like the world that we live in? And this is what I want to suggest to us today, it is this, this uh, um, idolatry. We often think of money and, and, and other things that we hold up, our jobs, our positions, uh, but I think that as I have observed over years, I think more and more in our society and in our world, that our politics have become an idol. Our politics have become an idol. We want a king. We want a leader who will lead us, who will speak for us. You know, I've been a pastor for 15 years, and... and and when folks come, um, often when folks come and they're trying to discern whether or not to join, now many folks will just come and say, I want to join the church. But if there are folks who uh, are, are questioning whether this is the right place for them, do you know the first question they often ask me? It is not, what do you think about God? Um, How do you speak about the love of God? What kind of mission stuff that you do? Often it's a question around politics. What do you think about abortion? Or what do you think about homosexuality? That's all they want to know. Tell me if you are a church that agrees with me or doesn't. In fact, I had someone call me in one church on a phone, and, and they asked me. They said, uh, well, well, what is your position on that? I need to make sure that uh, it agrees with my position. And I just flat out told them. I had probably having a bad day. I wasn't very pastoral. I just flat out told them, you're not going to like it here. I did. I did that. Can you believe that? You're not going to like it here. I had lost my mind. Or maybe I was speaking the truth. Because if you're looking for a church or a pastor who is just going to tell you, you've already got all the truth, you got the wrong pastor. You better go looking for another one. Um, Don't worry. Um, If you think that you have a pastor that thinks he knows all the truth and is going to tell you all the truth, you got the wrong pastor on that too. See, see, the point is, is, is that none of us have it all right. And so I'm absolutely positive if someone is calling and saying, I want to be sure you agree with me. This is what I'm certain of. At some point in time, I will say something from Scripture that I think is from Scripture, and they will disagree with me, and they will bolt out the door. That's sad, people. It is sad when we are unable to hear things that step on our toes, things that challenge us, we are unable to hear those things, and instead we want to run and find a place who will tell us you are right. And guess what? Who has filled that void? I think political parties have filled that void, have they not? Um, I see over and over again how, how people are like, "Oh, um uh, my political party, like, aligns with God perfectly. Really? Which, which party do you belong to? Because the two options I see, uh, I don't think so. But maybe you, my door's open. You are welcome to come and set me straight. I, I, I'd be glad to hear it. You see, I think our political parties have been they've become our kings. They become our kings. They become the people who speak for us, the people who say the things that we want to say. And sometimes they say them in a mean way, and we silently go, "Yeah." Yeah, I wanted to say it that way, but I'm too much of a Christian to do that. I'm glad they said it that way. Yes? I hope y'all are nodding out there. I can't tell. Uh, Dustin, they are not tuning out, are they? (laughs) Dustin and Matt, you all, uh, they're still there. Okay, good deal. If everybody tunes out online, Dustin, please let me know. I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing. I'll come to your house. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? What do we do with this, people? Our political affiliation has become more important than our connection to Christ. I'm afraid. We may not think so. But I think it requires us to like take a long, hard look. You know... The events uh, of this, uh, they were not a surprise. Unfortunately, a pastor in, uh, I think he's in Minnesota, Greg Boyd, who's a, a, a theologian and a, a scholar and a pastor, on Janu- in January 5th, 2020, he posted a blog that basically said, if I remember right, it, it, he was he was warning us this whole thing where we ha- have begun to uh, question um, the validity of our of our elections. He said, I, "I I could see where this could go." He goes, "I could just imagine if 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 one of the two if the political party who lost insisted uh, that the election was a fraud and, and that either it was the Russians or it was Antifa or whoever the heck it was." If, if they begin to believe that um, the election is a fraud, then they might wa- march on Washington. He said, oh, I know this is hypothetical. I know this is probably not likely to happen. But we are treading on dangerous ground. How much of a prophet is Gregory Boyd this day? How much of a prophet is he this day? And, and, and for those who um, are on the, uh, the, the, the left, I guess, can I call you left and right? For those who are on the left and saying, yeah, yeah, those cotton-picking people on the right, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I'm not so sure if it hadn't been reversed, it would be a different crowd of people doing the same thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but the polarization that exists within our nation and our country and even within the body of Christ worries me. The most troubling images from January the 6th, they were not the storming of the Capitol. The most troubling images to me are the signs that said, Jesus 2020 and Jesus saves They are the signs that seem to insist that the actions were immoral actions of Christians following Jesus to take over the capital so their king could be king and their way could be the way. I still can't get those images out of my mind. So this sends a message. This sends a message to 80 million people that Jesus is storming the Capitol to overturn an election. Now you may not think of it that way, but boy, I could easily see. It sends a message to those who stand outside of Christianity that that Christians have embraced this certain way. it sends a message to your brothers and sisters in this church that if they don't lean this way, they may not really be welcome or they're second-rate Christians. Now, i got to tell you, I've grown up in, in conservative areas, and so I have experienced things like that, mainly from conservative folks, people on the right, insisting their way is right, and that if you think differently, then you're not a Christian. That's what I've experienced, because that's the places I've grown up in. I read over the last two weeks a, a pastor who pastors in uh, Seattle, and he assures me it's exactly the opposite there. Um, he assures me that it's exactly the opposite there, uh, that, uh, that um, it are, it's people on the left who tend to say, well, if you voted for Trump, you're just really, um, you know, it's questionable whether or not you're a Christian and... And uh, your salvation might be in question. What do we do with this? It is who we are, isn't it? It's not who we want to be. Don't misunderstand the two. It's not who we want to be. But it is who we have become. I'll cry for a king. Give me a king, give me a leader. Give me somebody who will make me belong, uh, who make me feel like I belong. Give me somebody who, who will uh, do things the way I want them done. Give me a king. What do we do? Where do we go? I think it does begin with us acknowledging, as much as I would like to believe, that what happened in Washington, what happened other places, is just a result of of far right people or far left people. It is just a result of the politicians and the games that they play, as much as I want to believe that. I'm afraid it's the opposite. I'm afraid they are a reflection of who we have become. A people that have really stopped seeking after God and God's ways. A people who have confused our desires and our wants with God's. A people who have confused our political ideology with God's agenda. I'm just telling you today, if you think your political party is the party of God, come see me. Convince me you're right. I want to be a part of that party. So it begins with us acknowledging, I think, this is who we are. We have become an angry people. We have become a people, and and you know how we know if we're participating in political idolatry, it's, if we begin to have this, like, you can't criticize my team, It's, it's become almost like sports. Don't you dare criticize the Kansas City Chiefs. They are the greatest football team, yes? And it becomes this way with our political parties. Don't you dare say anything bad about my team. When when we can't even hear criticism of our side. Then we know that we're participating. When, When we are certain that all the problems in the world are because of those guys over there. We are in danger of participating in political idolatry. when all we can do is spout the virtues of those who think like us and the vices of those who don't, we're in a bad place, folks. When we begin to think that our side has all the answers and the other side is totally clueless, we are in danger of political idolatry. And worst of all, and this is what I've been seeing for months, when we begin to say, if you vote this way instead of my way, if you believe uh, this instead of what I believe, you are not a Christian. In fact, you hate God. I literally was told this on Facebook. If you do not believe as I believe, you are not a real Christian and your salvation may be in danger. If we begin to believe that everybody on the other side are atheist, ungodly people, we're practicing political idolatry. Have I missed anybody's toes yet? What do we do? Well, here's the reality. I can't change a single thing that's going on in Washington, D.C. I can cast my vote. I could post on Facebook for what good that would do. I have no idea. What are we to do? Maybe I should just throw my hands up in the air and say, this is who we are and this is who we will be. That'd be practicing my own kind of idolatry, I think. See, it has to begin here. It has to begin in this local congregation. I can't influence a single thing that happens outside of Cameron well, maybe one or two things, not much. But but you know what I'm saying? I can't make people sit down and begin to listen to each other. I can't make you all sit down and begin to listen to each other. But I can encourage you. And so this is what I want to invite you to do as we continue to talk about faith and politics. Let's stop crying out to God, give me a king. Let's acknowledge that the king has come. Let us seek after God's kingdom. Let us, as a community of faith, learn to come together despite our differences. Let us stop calling people in our own congregation who vote different than us. Let us stop calling them evil. Let us stop calling them not Christian. Whatever it is that we're calling them, let us stop. Why in the world would you allow somebody in Washington, D.C., or somebody who doesn't live in this community, divide you from those that you have been in community with your whole life? Why would you do that? And so let us, let us begin here. See, that's all I can hope to affect. And so I invite you, give me that glimmer of hope that all is not lost. That indeed, though this may be who we are, it is not who we want to be and we will work to be something different. We will work to be people that are described more like this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is absolutely no law against things like this. (sighs) May we seek to be the people of God May we confess our political idolatry this day. May we turn to God again. May we reach out and allow the Holy Spirit to fill us so that our hatred and our anger and our tendency to divide everything of us versus them our tendency uh, to root for our team and against the other team, all of those things are set aside and they are replaced with the fruits of the Spirit. Can we do that? Can we at least want to do that? Let us pray. Gracious God, You indeed are the creator of the world. You indeed are the king of kings. You are the one who shows us how to live life in its fullest. Draw us together as the body of Christ, regardless of what our uh, political stances might be, that we might seek to hear you and your voice so that we might follow you more closely. So that when people see signs of Jesus' saves, they will see a people who exhibit the fruits of your spirit. Fill us with that spirit this day. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.
2: Heard. Jesus. In the name of Jesus over your politics. Jesus. In the name of Jesus over your words and actions. Jesus. In the name of Jesus over all your lives.
0: this week. Each morning, get up and pray this prayer. Lord God, help me to love you with all of my strength and all of my soul, all of my heart and all of my mind, and help me to love my neighbor as you have loved me. Let's try praying that each morning. And then at the end of the day, Let's offer a similar prayer and say, God, forgive me for those times when I failed to do that, but help me to get a good rest so I can try again tomorrow. I have to believe that if we pray that prayer, if we open ourselves to the Spirit, that we will begin to live into that. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit so that Jesus may indeed be the center and the source and the life from within you. Amen.